The views and opinions expressed during this program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of WHIO and Cox Media Group. This hour is sponsored by There is a Season. This is WHIO's Brian Kilmeade. Hi, everybody. Dayton is our number one priority. You know that. And as news breaks, we'll break in anytime. Dayton's all news and talk is 1290-957-WHIO. There is a season Welcome to another edition of There is a Season, the Geezer and Whippersnapper show, celebrating 10 years on the air and still the only show about how we change, how we age, and how we care for one another. I'm Bob Wolf, And I'm Gloria Shanahan. Thanks for joining us. Hey, if you'd like to weigh in on what you hear here, you can write to us anytime and through various methods, right, Gloria? That's right. There are three ways to reach us. The first way would be to use the handy In Touch tab on our website, thereisaseasonshow.com. Or you could send us an email at bobandgloria at thereisaseasonshow.com. Or the last way is if you like ink and paper, go on and mail us a letter to There Is A Season, Care of Cox Media at 1611 South Main Street, Dayton, Ohio, Four five four zero nine. And if you're under the age of 30 and need to see what a letter looks like, just Google it. <laughs> and there'll be a picture there of, of what, uh, what a, you I'll know. I'll have to hand, teach them how to write. Handwritten. Oh, yeah. Does anybody do it, cursive anymore? Do people even know how to hold a pen and I, write something? I don't know. I unless don't it's know on either. a keyboard. Not even a keyboard in the traditional sense. It's a, a phone. That's, Everything's on the we phone. We did a show on the lost art of letter writing. So, yeah. you know, it is. It's a lost the, art the to lost so art of The lost art of the IBM Selectric. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's going way back. Those are antiques. I see them in antique <clears> stores <throat> all the time. Typewriters and stuff, too. Yeah. <laughs> So when you hear us talking about change and aging and the care of our loved ones here on this program, well, one of the critical ingredients to doing all of that successfully is taking care of relationships. If you've listened to the program for any time, we've been talking about caregiving and relationships since day one. Yes, and these relationships can be with your spouse, with a parent, with an adult child, or if you're in the sandwich generation or thereabouts, with even younger children, and beyond immediate family, our relatives and others that you do love and care for, right, Bob? That's true, and and given all the permutations uh, that go on now with regard to how people define family these days, and given the challenges that a fast, highly mobile, highly distracted world places upon our relationships with our families, work associates, people at church and school and other social environments, it's sometimes no surprise that many people struggle to maintain meaningful friendships. I mean, what is a friend today? Is it someone on Facebook? Is it someone on Instagram and your contact list? Well, I suppose someone could be a true friend and also be part of your friend list on Facebook or Instagram, but that's not really what we think of a friendship in the traditional sense, right, Bob? Yeah, I mean, it predates Facebook pretty much. A (laughs) A lot. Yeah, I mean, a good friend is someone you know is always going to be there for you. It's the person that can often finish your sentences for you. Some people find deep friendship with their spouse, and if so, that's great. But many still tend to seek the friendship of one or more people outside of their spouse or immediate family. 
And there's actually been quite a bit of research that shows why these friendships are so important. Well, we've got that research for you here today. The importance of friendships according to psychologists. This is an article written for Good Housekeeping by Caitlin Peary, I think is how you pronounce her last name. And uh, it's an interesting look at, you know, how friendships form over the course of a lifetime. So a lot of times when you have kids go off to their first day of school, you say, make friends, right? Go ahead and make some friends. Positive friendships are important for children, but they're also important for adults, too. Even while many of our regular duties in a job or in other kinds of activity are sort of prescribed for us, we have to go and perform function X, Y, Z, right? But friendships are important not only in work, in your neighborhood, in all these environments we mentioned, right? Right. And there is research that says that this is important. Yes, Janice McCabe, um, who is an associate professor of sociology at Dartmouth College, and she's the author of a book called Connecting in College, How Friendship Networks Matter for Academic and Social Success. She says, people are typically flattered when you invite them to lunch or to coffee. If they turn you down, you don't lose much. But if it develops into a friendship, you could gain greatly. And if you're a still skeptical here about the all the good things about friendship here are seven reasons why friendship is vital actually vital to our well-being and, and not that these work in all cases with every friend it's not as if everything is foolproof but one of the first things is that friends lower stress oh and we now, all have plenty of now, stress in our everyone lives everyone is thinking right? of their friend and they're running that through the filter going does that friend lower stress well they didn't last night well, then that might not be your well, your bosom buddy well, friend. Maybe, maybe not. But they, they <laughs> are, for instance, they study with women. When women feel close to someone, levels of progesterone, a hormone that helps reduce stress and anxiety, actually go up. They increase, according to a study at the University of Michigan. Quote from Stephanie Brown, the leader of the study, said the surge was also linked to a willingness to risk one's life wow. for the other person. So we believe it may have played a role in establishing social bonds over the course of evolution. Plus, when stress levels go down, so does your risk for health conditions like heart disease, obesity, and depression. So there's somebody right off the bat talking about how uh, it affects hormone levels, and that's not a bad place to start. Right. Another um, good point about friendship is that friends keep you razor sharp. Researchers from Northwestern University studied people over the age of 80 who had the memory function, are you ready for this, of middle-aged adults and found that these super-agers had more positive social relationships. There is a body of prior research that suggests social, social integration, engagement in family, and emotional support from a social network are positively associated with cognitive function in older adults. And it's, uh, we've seen it, you know, we've seen it firsthand. Oh, yeah. It's, it's almost, it's, it's not a direct parallel, but it's a little bit of the flip side of the loneliness thing that we talk about a lot of times, right? And, and loneliness could be something that happens suddenly, but it could also be something that's kind of a lifelong habit that people sort of narrow down and narrow down their world, their circle of influence. And what they're saying here in this one study is that having friendships well into your 70s, 80s, and 90s Keeps you sharp, keeps right. you connected. I mean, you have to have um, relationships where you have conversation and you can have some empathy and interest. All of those things keep you 
razor sharp anyway, right? Yes. Having social interactions. thats We've known that for a long time. We're going to dig into this a little bit more here and a little later in the program, but uh, let's talk a little bit about what we talk about on this show all the time, the latter half of life and uh, what it's like you know, for people, say, 50 and over. Researchers actually studied over 90,000 women between the ages of 50 and 79 to look into how much social support they had. And those who said they had more support were more likely to still be living in a follow-up study done years later. The difference was slight, but the data is pretty reliable because it was out of such a large group. So it's less likely to be a coincidence, said Nancy Freeborn, who's a doctor, and she's a professor of health administration at George Mason. Other studies have shown that women with breast cancer who have strong social and emotional networks also have better odds of survival. So that's three studies we've already looked at here. Right. And I know when I was going through my cancer um, experience, you really did see a difference of the people who had a strong social network or who were engaged with people who were really there to encourage them and be there for them. Oftentimes they did much better, you know, in, in the outcome than people who were alone. Did you, um, did you, sense a difference between men and women in the ability to make friendships in those uh, that's interesting and i just think as as you notice here um we're talking a lot about women and studies with women and i think generally speaking men tend to maybe generally speaking keep more to themselves they're less likely to come forward with information i think you have to pull it out a little bit and i did see a difference the women would all congregate where i was and talk and share and in that, you didn't have to be hugging or stroking somebody or handing somebody a tissue. You just felt support. I think it empowered us to be encouraged. And men, you often didn't see them. They didn't come out as much. You know, it's a, I kind of, uh, it, it brings up the studies that have sometimes been done all the way back to childhood. And they talk about how boys compete and women collaborate. Right? What's the famous line that all the problems of the world be solved if women would just get together and have a pot roast or something oh i think yeah we we you know first of all we ask for directions and then we make sure there's going to be food so (laughs) what does food do it brings people together right right? it's a collaborative environment and i do wonder if some of those social skills are set early or if there's a certain amount of this that's hardwired into us because of testosterone or whatever what's that old uh that old it was really popular um men are from mars women are from venus yes so you know this has been going on for a long time we know there's big differences between men and women generally speaking and how they deal with situations and how they either socialize or tend to pull back and keep to themselves right right so so let's talk more about uh women since we're on that topic here and um what about the professional world? How can friends boost someone's career? So this Jenna Glover, who is the licensed psychologist at Children's Hospital in Colorado, says on top of all of this other research and all these other studies, she notes that women who have careers are often asked to juggle more demands outside of work than their male counterparts, such as child-rearing responsibility and having friends who can help validate these extra demands and support all aspects of your life can be invaluable. Well, we can multitask is what yes, I was. Yeah, that, I was thinking that that's the whole time. What they we say. can handle that's so much more because we say. we have all this 
you know, kumbaya yeah. with our other You just don't touch the buttons on the board when we record a show because yes. that's not in your multitasking description. It's not in my knowledge base or my multitasking yeah, it description. Could be, it could be dangerous. <laughs> yeah. All right. So here's another one. We've talked before about hormone levels, right? And we've talked about reduction in stress and we've talked about different, you know, aspects of what goes on physiologically and now career. But friends also motivate you to be healthier. Yes. If you're looking to start a new workout routine or a healthier diet, take a look at your social circle. And I, I know this right off the bat without even reading more of this article. How often have you gotten into some workout thing on your own only to fail? Right. <laughs> you get you partway a... down and you're like, oh, gosh, because there's no accountability. Yeah, you need an accountability partner. Right. That's even if, right. Even if you talk 80% of the time that you're working out, the other 20% is probably more than you would have done on your own. How often do I give you the look when you're starting to, you know, maybe eat a big old potato what? chip? What? The look like. Let's not talk, mm, let's not talk about know. my chip eating on the air, okay? Now, if I put dip on it. <laughs> or donuts. If I put dip on it, that's a different question. Donuts? Mm, mm. That'd be good. Yeah. Anyway, you may have more success <laughs> if your friends employ the healthy habits you're hoping to adopt. When we have close friends who exercise or save money or volunteer... Well, guess what? We're more likely to also engage in those same behaviors. Conversely, when we have friends who eat potato chips, <laughs> spend impulsively, oh, you don't do that, but or have chronic relationship patterns, we're more likely to mimic those same behaviors in our own life. So you do have to kind of have a pact and 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 try to help one another I, yeah. to motivate you to do the things that are good for you. And I think a true friend understands uh one, one of the many things a friend understands is they understand your, your weakness. weaknesses. They, yes. they know the laundry, the dirty laundry. They right. can sort of say, hey, look, you know, you got junk in the trunk. I got junk in the trunk. Some of this stuff that we have in our lives is not perfect, right? That's right. But I still love you and I care for you. That's right. So uh, we're going to talk more about friendships here uh, when we continue. And particularly, we're going to focus a little bit more on the importance of friendships for seniors. All of that is ahead when we continue. You are listening to There is a Season on AM 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. It's an Ask the Expert weekend on Dayton and Springfield's 24-hour news, weather, and traffic station, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. Welcome back to There is a Season, the Bob and Gloria show. I'm Bob. And I'm Gloria. Did you forget who you were there for a minute? Thanks for being here, Bob. I was, I was just serving it up there so you could say, and I'm Gloria. I am Gloria, uh, and Bob is here. Yeah, just occasionally and... a little mental cramp there. <laughs> um, thanks, friend, for not, not ridiculing me right off the radio. You know what they say, friends stab you in the heart. Yeah, okay. So we've got that and other tips for you in this program this week. Uh, we're talking about friendships, okay? So we uh, opened up our program talking about a lot of these studies that have been done talking about physiological and psychological uh, benefits. And uh, we're going to talk more here about uh, their particular benefit to seniors uh, as the show goes on. But we're reading uh, some elements out of an article here from Good Housekeeping. And we've gone through a number of these things. What's another one that, what's another benefit of friends? Well, you know, you talked a little bit about you know, your friends know everything about they you and your weaknesses, your right? right? So, but they teach you about yourself, even if maybe you don't want to be enlightened. Um, <laughs> but um, they know. So, you know, um, it might be a good time to think about friendships that are especially meaningful to you, okay? 
So um, this psychologist says that her research shows that as we're talking about and thinking about our friends, we're also reflecting who we are and who we want to be. She says that people strive to present themselves as positive and competent people. And she's found that as people talk about their friends, they are often talking about their current self or the person that they'd like to become themselves, okay? So along those same lines, if you realize that a particular relationship doesn't reflect your values, it's okay to say goodbye, right? Mm. We are often afraid to let go of friendships, maybe for the nostalgia of the past, the thought that they may be useful in the future, or how it looks to others when we have fewer friends. She says she finds there are times when it's just not okay, but helpful for a success in self-identity to let a friendship fade away. That's okay. sad. That's kind of hard to hear. Yeah, and, and you might make the argument, although obviously not in an absolute sense, that friendships don't have perhaps the same contract or agreement legally and socially recognized as being married does, right? It, it, when, when you, it, it's, it's true. A little harder to just walk away from your spouse, even if you're you're estranged in a lot of other ways right. emotionally. You're not just going to walk out on that. Although, again, caveat: some people do, right? A lot of people divorce in this country too. Uh, same thing with your kids, right? Generally, it takes an extreme situation for the parent-child relationship to be yeah. separated. Friendships may, maybe don't always have that, and yet they can still be poignantly rich. They can be very, very intimate with a friend. Um, and it's sad when they when they lose that. Right. And I think sometimes when friendships break up, I think sometimes it's uh, maybe lack of investment on one end or another or somebody feels like it's not an equal thing so it's important to invest and then i think you can keep your friendships tight we've got more on this subject when we come back after the news we're going to talk a little bit in a future program about the role that friendships play in our young people you'd be surprised at the difficulty uh, some people have at forming relationships and it's not that people expect long-term relationships when they're young, but it is becoming more and more difficult in our culture. We'll talk about that in a future show, but more on friendships for seniors when we continue. You're listening to There is a Season on AM 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. WHIO! This is WHIO's Brian Kilmeade. Hi, this is Rush Limbaugh. This is my home in the Miami Valley. Dayton is our number one priority, you know that, and as news breaks, we'll break in anytime. 1290, 95.7 WHIO. Welcome back to There is a Season, the show about how we change, how we age, and how we care for one another. I'm Bob Wolf. And I'm his friend, Gloria Shanahan. <laughs> Can't go wrong with that, can I? Uh, that's not what you always say. No siree, not always. <laughs> but but most of the time. Yeah. I mean, a lot of the time, okay? Friends, <laughs> buddies, co-hosting our way across the nation, well... Okay. Mm. No, <clears throat> never mind. Never mind. Yeah, yeah. We are friends. Uh, I'm with friend. I'm, your shirt says I'm with stupid, but that's okay. <laughs> We've been talking about friendships It's inside today. out, so no one sees that. Uh, why, <laughs> why they're so important for people, and we're going to talk more here about why they're particularly important for seniors. Uh, researchers have studied the benefits of one or more good friendships um, throughout our lives, and we were discussing a good housekeeping article that had a number of physiological uh, benefits highlighted by studies, psychological benefits. 
And there's just there's one here that really kind of wraps up that whole article. Yeah. Most days, friends just help you feel better. <laughs> most the days. Like, yeah, most days. I like that qualifier. <laughs> yeah. It was for you, Bob. A lack of friendships and social support increases the risk of developing an anxiety or depressive disorder. Okay. And one of the key treatment components for depression is helping individuals expand their social network and increase the amount of time they're spending with friends. In fact, good friendships predict health and happiness as we age better than do our relationships with relatives. Okay, so that's going to lead us right into our next yeah, and, and just, next area. Just here. one note about that. Think about that. People might say everybody we're creatures of habits, right? So you settle into things, and sometimes a decade later, you're still settling into things. Oh, you're yeah. settling down, and you say, "Well, I don't need a friend, right?" Friends are too much trouble. I've got work. accountability. Yeah. i got to keep up with them and so forth. And so you choose to spend all the hours of your life doing what by comparison? What's the alternative to having invested in that? You know, I suppose if you're writing the great American novel or you're, you know, tending the poor or, you know, I don't know, coming up with a cure for cancer. I, I, I suppose those are all wonderful pursuits. But Relationships are really key. They are key. They're the rich and golden aspects and, of and we would really. say it's hard not to invest in those things if you're looking to live a meaningful life so um that's all part of our philosophy anyway and you've been hearing that uh as friends and, of the show yeah it takes work but you always feel good when you've put in that extra effort don't you yeah. i mean even if you're yeah. on okay this is a lot of you after you've picked up the phone or you've done something with somebody who who doesn't feel better usually if it, you're with a true friend and we're going to be talking about friendships again um, with with younger people in a future program here, kind of like part two of this series. We're going to talk about the the struggles that a lot of young people mm-hmm. go at forming uh, relationships that are not only healthy and not doing kind of destructive behavior, but that that are meaningful to them, that are not so transient and uh, empty. Uh, and we'll get to that uh, in a future program. Let's focus now here, though, um, particularly on the importance of friends as you age. Author Bonnie Vengro has shared an article uh, with us, and there's a lot of good stuff in here that I think you're, is, is well worth hearing today. Right. So forging new friendships during your golden years may require a little extra effort. As you get older, common life changes, such as the loss of a spouse, loss of hearing or vision, retirement, and issues with health and even mobility can take their toll on your social life and by extension, believe it or not, your well-being. Loneliness has been linked to a higher risk of cognitive decline, as we mentioned earlier, dementia, and depression. It also has been linked to heart disease, stroke, and blood pressure. In fact, one 2015 study famously concluded that a lack of social connections was as damaging to a person's health as smoking 15 cigarettes a day. Yeah, it's, it's interesting how wow. they come up with these these uh, calculations, oh, wow. right? Those comparisons. Yeah. Sometimes you scratch your head going, well, I don't know why they came up with that. But certainly, we've, we've discussed it a lot of times in this program, uh, that loneliness seems to accelerate uh, dementia. It seems to accelerate things like a loss of hearing and inability to use your voice and communicate. And the mobility, because you're not getting out and right. doing things right. with people. So right? we, we are not, uh, as a general rule, again, unless you're a contemplative living off on a mountain, you know, studying theology or something. I know people like that are very happy. But yeah. most of us thrive uh, at some level yeah. by the intrusion of a friend coming into the life. Right. 
So the the overall here uh, thrust of this first part of this article is that friends are good for the mind and body. That friendships improve physical and mental health isn't news. We talked about it in the earlier part of the show. Well, the director of Aetna Insurance's uh, medical direction, uh, excuse me, medical and health department, John Moore, knows that from 17 years of practice, he saw a marked difference in the health outcomes of older patients who were socially active compared to those who weren't. The difference was especially clear among people who had complex chronic conditions like diabetes or emphysema and had to stick to a daily regimen of medications and healthy routines. So it sounds like the friendships were that much more important for people who have regular chronic you know, illnesses and ailments. Right. So um, he goes on to say that patients who were socially engaged tended to have better outcomes despite their complex conditions. And this goes back to the other study with breast cancer, right? Better survival rates, better prognosis. So he says these people could have diabetes, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, congestive heart failure, or all three things and still be doing better because of their improved mental health, their regular social activities, and their dedication to taking care of themselves so that they can continue those regular social activities. Additional studies have found that socializing can strengthen the immune system. And that's why we like euchre so much, right? Right. It's like taking vitamin D. It can help (laughs) us recover more quickly from illness. It can lower blood pressure and the risk of heart disease, sharpen memory, and help us uh, get a better night's sleep, frankly. Socializing can improve our odds of living longer And according to one study, people with strong connections to family and friends have a 50% greater chance of outliving those with fewer social ties. That's amazing. So what's more is that friends can motivate us, as we said earlier, to adopt all these healthy habits, right? Get up and move, get out of the chair, right? So uh, I, I think that they just keep you thinking about your health and keeping yourself on track. Right. And uh, that that kind of accountability, I mean, when you just think about it, 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 people can kind of drift off, especially we've talked a lot here before about, you know, the third life, which was kind of a, a, a relevant phrase here for a lot of years. People talk about, you know, okay, there's the first 20. We use the first 20, last 20. A lot of times we've talked about this show. What do you do in the first 20 years of your life? Well, there's all these firsts, right, in terms of becoming. Then you have your second 20, 30, 40 years of raising a family, having a career, and then the third life comes along in what? Right. Do you just simply shrink because you have well, no those, accountability, no right. connections? And most of those things were related to like kids, your career, um, all those activities going on in that middle part of your life. So right. you have to maintain friendships throughout all so that you have something in your third life to, you know, third segment of life. So, how, so let's talk about the how-to. Now, obviously... COVID has affected so much of this uh, because COVID is a, you know, a thing where, you know, it challenges us to be social. We have to be social in different ways, right. but COVID, you know, God willing, we will be out of this uh, nightmare at some point, but whether there are things like that or not, when it comes to building a social circle, experts suggest finding people who are supportive and they share your interests. And here are some good ways to meet new people. So a really good way would be to volunteer. Pitching in to help others isn't just good for your community. It's just a chance to get out of the house and enjoy face-to-face interaction. Volunteering is awesome. You often, you know, help somebody else. And at the end, do yourself some good too. And you feel really good about it. Yeah. And if you've got some ideas of, of volunteering that 
don't necessarily involve being in a big, large group setting that could be socially risky at this point. We'd love to hear those, by the way. Send them to us at Bob and Gloria at thereisaseasonshow.com. We'll talk about them on a future program. Uh, ideas for how you can volunteer. And there's plenty of things you can do uh, mm-hmm. that, that don't require. I mean, there are people who do knitting and sewing and, and putting together things, care packages mm-hmm. for our soldiers. There's all kinds of other things that could be done. Even working at the food pantries. Groups. You know, they just have a couple people come in and social distance or whatever. Right. There's right. still and, a lot of mask. opportunity out there. Mm-hmm. Here's another one. And we've uh, talked about this with continuing education in the, plas- uh, in the past. And that is to take a class. Whether you've always wanted to learn how to speak Italian or improve your piano playing skills, and so much of this can be done remotely, but I would say if you are doing it remotely, do it with someone else. Right, right, right. right. A class can give your brain a workout and introduce you to potential study buddies. You can frequently find classes by searching online for topics that interest you. If you're not sure where to get started, you can check out your local organizations, such as your YMCA or YWCA or other services close to your area. Right. Joining a gym, that might be a little bit difficult right now, um, but it does, COVID aside, it's an activity that gets you out of the house and it gets you moving around. Um, you know, seniors doing aerobic exercise three times a week, ideally with a friend, is just something that's so good. You can take a dance class, go bowling, play golf. So when we're not yeah. in COVID world, these it, are all things that are good. Or you just go for a walk. Right. You could it, go for a walk right it, now with somebody. At this point, our recommendation have to be do those things that can sort of step outside right. of the COVID world Outdoors. and still achieve these things. Yeah. Get involved with your faith community. And there's a lot of ways to do this. If you're not necessarily connected physically to being in a church and so forth, try to do things online. But again, the key thing here is not just you consuming something happening someplace else but somehow being involved and perhaps with one or two other people. Right, and that's a good volunteer option. You can call people in your church community and check on them and just have a conversation. That's really good for everybody. Um, You know, and as much as we talk about the negatives of social media, sites like Facebook can help you find old friends and and reconnect with them, especially in a time like this. Yes, and uh, what I would say there, one of the caveats we have, one of the cautions about that is, don't come become caught up in what in the brand that people put out in Facebook or Instagram or any of those different social media platforms because sometimes it can tend to look like everybody else is a winner. Everyone else is going out to the right places and doing the right things or has the right story or recipe they forward along because it's a place that people tend to promote that stuff. People don't usually get on there and say, Hey, my life is you know. I think Facebook needs to come out with a different type of Facebook community for people who, um, you know, like a non-brag, a non-I'm doing this. How about Facebook Just, miserable? Well, I don't know if we want to go that far <laughs> off the spectrum of, you know, goodness and what we're doing good, but maybe just... Just a casual Facebook for people who aren't into keeping up with the Joneses kind of Facebook. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's another idea. If you got some ideas, write to us about that. Yeah. We'll be right back with a little bit more on this. You're listening to There is a Season on AM 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. It's our Ask the Expert weekend on the Miami Valley radio station with breaking news, weather, and traffic. 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. Welcome back to There is a Season. I'm Bob. And I'm Gloria. We've been talking all morning here about friendship, keeping friendships alive. And, of course, nurturing a friendship can take effort at any age to keep yours in good order to make socializing part of your routine, what do some people do, Gloria? Well, 
Well, you can regularly text or call your friend and just say you're thinking about them. You, um, another neat thing to do is be the one that sets up the next get together, right? Um, you should think about establishing standing dates. That way you're committed. Um, for example, you could have lunch with a friend from high school every three months or five times a year, you could attend maybe your local theater performances or something. You know, I've actually kind of thought about some of this, uh, the, the idea of that or a regular lunch or dinner with, with some friends. Mm -hmm. And it might be as simple, this is going to sound kind of crude, but it might be as simple as putting it in your planner if you have yes. it on a phone or something like that. And then guess what happens? Yes. Rather than going the six months or nine months or whatever it is, we haven't spoken to somebody and feeling bad and yes. feeling embarrassed about being, feeling Because bad. then you never reach out because you feel so awful. You just take the prompt and you say, all right, I'll act on it. Right. You know, on my way to work often, or if I'm driving somewhere far on a trip, and I'm alone particularly, I'll call people I haven't talked to in a long time. I'll just pick up my phone. You know, that's easier, obviously, with Bluetooth in your car, so you can keep your hands on the wheel. Gloria's constantly weaving all over the road when she talks <laughs> yes. on the phone. But it's, really and truthfully, use your minutes, use your time. And if you're sitting at home a lot alone, pick up the phone and call somebody. Don't wait for someone else to call you. Yes. Reach yes, out. Yes, get on it. That's right. Hey, if you liked what you heard here today, we'd love to hear your feedback, okay? Uh, we're, we're doing shows a little bit differently right now. We don't have as many live call shows uh, currently, but we'd still like to hear from you. So write to us at what address? Bob and Gloria at thereisaseasonshow.com or, like I said earlier, check out our handy In Touch tab on our website. All right, so we've got some great shows coming your oh, way here in the next ever. several weeks. And what's one of them? Well, one of them is Bob's Old Fashioned Rant and Rave Special. <laughs> and I think well, that I'm due to take a vacation day You're going to be something. on the other side of the planet, I think. That yeah, day. yeah. Uh, just, just a few things that have just been sort of building up here during this fine political season. And so we may have a... Bob's going to let it loose. You might even join me on that Rant and Rave special. Uh, I'll be over here with the thumbs up or the thumbs down. Right. And, I'll be the moderator. And perhaps a, a stiff drink if things get out of hand, right? For you and for me, yes. What so, else are we going to talk about? <laughs> we're going to talk about improving opportunities for conversations with your child your parent, with someone you haven't talked to maybe in a long time, or somebody that you struggle to come up with something to talk about with. Yes. And I've got that, some good ideas for that's you. That's happened with, uh, sometimes we have intergenerational differences in conversation, or there's yeah. maybe some history of awkwardness. Yeah. So uh, that's going to be a great ideas. show. Yeah. We're also going to talk about Medicare. Uh, the annual election period is right around the corner, so our friends from Medicare Planning of Dayton, Jim Spaulding and company, will be with us, and we'll be talking to them. Yeah, are donuts still involved with that? Like I, donut I mean, holes or uh, something? No. Donut, well, maybe the donut holes. We've asked you I to, come for to bring donuts. some of those. Yeah, yeah. That's going to do it for us today. We appreciate you being here. Remember, dear friends, seek grace in every step and never regret growing older. Make sure you have a friend with you, too. It is a privilege denied to many. For my dear friend, Gloria Shanahan, our terrific producers, and everyone who makes the show possible, thank you for your time, attention, and interest to what we do here. We'll see you again soon. You've been listening to There is a Season on AM 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. Have a blessed week. It's an Ask the Expert weekend on Dayton and Springfield's 24-hour news, weather, and traffic station, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. WHIO Dayton, WHIO FM, Pleasant Hill, a Cox Media Group station from the CJSHeatingAndAir.com studios. CJS means yes.